Hey guys, this is Kevin Kane with Boston Strongcast. Today I'm joined with three of our lifters, Grace Chang, Emo Danielle, and all the way from Western Mass, Kina. Let's say hi Ooh. in that order, guys. Hi. Hi. Hi, guys. It's like a nice little like ring to it, right? Uh, <laughs> all right, so all three of these guys, they're beginner powerlifters. They did their first USAPL meet on December 2nd. Am I right on that yeah, date? Yeah, that's number 2nd. All right, on December 2nd. Uh, I was out in Western Mass. It was a local meet here. Um, so first things first, Grace, I'm going to have you introduce yourself, tell everybody a little bit about you, like Grace outside the gym. Okay. Um... All right, my name is Grace. I just moved from Seattle in June. Um, I moved to Boston for a residency at Boston Children's Hospital, and I am working on my doctorate in audiology. And I started lifting in 2013, and I just got into powerlifting maybe about last year, but only seriously with Kevin because he's the best. Yeah. There's some good brownie points on that one. <laughs> oh. That's going to be a tough one to top, Danielle. Good. Oh, shit. Can I curse? Uh-oh. I curse all the time. Okay, Obviously, cool. you, don't, you don't listen to oh the podcast God. if you haven't heard me curse. So, this is the dynamic that Kevin and I have here at the gym. Uh, my name is Danielle, and I have been powerlifting since 2012 or so, and living in Boston uh, for pretty much since that time. I... I'm known as Emo Danielle because I bring a certain flavor to the precision powerlifting crew. Uh, And outside of the gym, I work in the restaurant industry. I'm a restaurant manager. I have pretty insane hours and I'm just working a lot and then I lift and then I listen to music and feel things. And that's most of it. That is most of it. That's a lot. It's so much. It's too much. (laughs) All right, Kina, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, um, I'm Kina. Um, I've been living in the country, actually, uh, since 2005. I moved here from Russia, and um, I started powerlifting, or actually lifting in general, um, in May of 2016. And um, it's been a lot of fun, but ever since I got Kevin on my team, I've, uh, I've actually enjoyed it that much more. You guys are making me blush. Yeah, Kevin's pretty cool. <laughs> He's all right. Um, <laughs> all right, so you guys are all beginners. What made you, and we'll keep that order. We'll go Grace, Feelings, and then Kina. So uh, answering these questions here. So since you guys are all beginners, what made you go out and get a coach? Um, I had a coach prior, and she was an online coach. And I was working with her because I knew her from growing up. But she wasn't a powerlifting-centric coach, so I felt... She's great. Um, But I didn't feel like I was getting a powerlifting-specific training plan. And having done one meet with her, and that was all great and fine, I wanted to work with somebody in person and somebody who was more powerlifting-specific. So I came to one of um, TPS's training days and met with one of the trainers there, and she suggested that I should call Kevin, and then Kevin decided to let me work with him. So um, that's how I fell into training with Kevin. But it's been so much more helpful to have somebody check my form in person and actually have that relationship and have that support during meet day, as opposed to being by myself and just having to text somebody when you know, on the day of, it's it's way more difficult that way. So this was, it was like night and day, my first meet and this one. What made you go into that first meet? 
so you started lifting weights and it's like, you know what, I want to compete and get on the platform. What, what made you do that? I don't really like New Year's resolutions, but I wanted to. I wanted a New Year's resolution that I actually could work towards for some reason when 2016 started. Um, it's 2017 right now, right? Yes. It's oh my God, I'm so confused. Um, so when 2016 started, I was like, I want a New Year's resolution that I can actually work towards something tangible. And I figured I spent enough time in the gym just doing big lift movements. I like them a lot. I might as well try this. And oh, got me in. Coach. Coaching. Okay. So, all right. So I decided to get a powerlifting coach after I had been lifting on my own for a few years. I had done some training days at TPS and um, I had, you know, experience as a novice and I had done a meet on my own. And uh, at that point, like, I felt like I was fairly competent at powerlifting, but not necessarily good at it. And I wanted to become good at it. Like you knew the rules and... Yeah, I knew the rules. I knew enough to not be complete trash at it, which is good. It's good to be able to say that about something in your life, um, but I wanted to be better at it. So I, uh, I needed help with programming, I needed help with my form, and so I wanted to get uh, a coach. And I'm lucky because at the time I was actually working at TPS, so I had a, a good pool of resources and um, yeah, I got a coach, and from then on, I have been working with a coach one-on-one. -on -one. Part of it was also that I don't, I at the time was not comfortable working out in groups really. I was um, pretty self-conscious about that, so having a one-on-one -on -one coach was a really good way to address that. And uh, yeah, it, it worked out pretty well, give or take. And uh, now Kevin's my coach, and Kevin is a fantastic coach. I have a great time with him, and he's uh, it's been helpful, super helpful. You're getting free advertising. This is amazing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you guys never say this many nice things to me. I say nice things to you all the time. You never listen. We just don't say nice things to your face. We'll say nice things behind your back. Oh, and then the mean things. It's supposed to work the other way around, Grace. <laughs> um, so you were saying that you were self-conscious working in a group setting, but now yeah. with me, you do work with a group, and the group's constantly changing, and yeah. you know, you might be squatting with different people every time you're in the gym, so what's changed over that period of time? Uh, Kevin has socialized me like a feral animal to an extent. Um, I went from like literally scheduling the workout so I could avoid being around other people to being integrated into the precision powerlifting group. And from then on, being able to pretty much work out anywhere, feeling like empowered that, you know, I could hold my own in a group. Um, but I guess what got me there was just the gradual acclimation to like working out with other people. Um, and our group in particular is just really easy to integrate into. We have a lot of like really chill, supportive team members. And um, I'm lucky that like we're in an environment where we have that kind of positive energy around us. Like we, we work really hard to keep it that way actually with the precision powerlifting. Um, and it was very rewarding for me to feel like I could be a part of that and to be, I mean, not to like pump myself up, but to be like an ambassador towards other people who have that kind of background where they're not comfortable uh, working out in front of other people. Maybe they feel like they're not good at it, so they don't want to be embarrassed or, or for whatever other reason. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool to go from being really uncomfortable to feeling like pretty natural in any gym setting. All right, Kina. So yeah. obviously you get into powerlifting because you're Russian, it's in your blood, but yeah. <laughs> what other reasons? Um, 
Um, well, actually, originally, my first reason was I just wanted to be really strong. You know, I just wanted to get strong and be a badass, like not the typical girl that you see at the grocery store picking up a freaking watermelon and saying, oh, that's heavy. You know, I just wanted like truly developing strength. And um, before I, I got to know you, I was doing it, I think, for about eight months and I was doing it on my own from... Uh, um, and I think I had told you this before, I was using a um, Shaco template off of one of them funky websites. And um, and I thought it worked out really good for me. I really, I really did believe that. And um, later on, when I got to know you and um, I thought, you know, I, I need to upgrade going from like doing everything on my own where uh, professional advice and help is actually needed at that point. Um, the reason being is because I, then I learned that everything I was doing, I was doing pretty crappy, uh, starting with my form and just the amount of the workout that I was doing. Um, so that was that was very eye-opening to have a coach, an online coaching of all things, because I know a lot of times people are afraid of being coached online because they're like, oh, how, how am I going to do this, you know, but um, you've actually proved that and um, it is working, you know, so that's that's pretty cool. And another thing is that you um, always make yourself available. Oh, by the way, why am I saying you? I should say Kevin, huh? Uh, Kevin is making himself always available. Um, I mean, day or night, I have a question about my lifts or about the programming, about anything. I just, um, it's awesome that I get to answer, I mean, ask and you get to answer it right away. So that's really cool. Yeah, and like just the fact that, you know, we have the technology that you can send videos as you're doing stuff. It's almost, yeah. you know. Absolutely, yeah. That's amazing. Like, it's like literally like a live version of working out with your coach. So it's it's pretty neat. And I'm glad you're capable of doing that, meeting uh, people with with such needs like, like that, like online. Yeah, yeah, you know. And there was even a learning process for me as a coach dealing with that online setting because you're not there in person and like you know sometimes you just want to like put your hands on them to fix something really quick and it's like, <laughs> you know see <laughs> there were a few things you, you had to figure out you were actually i think my second online person that i really ever like because i was wow. just refusing to do it for the longest period of time um, so that's pretty good that i sur- i survived even though i'm your second yeah yeah you're still you're still alive <laughs> Did the first um, one die? <laughs> no, the first Dave. one's Dave. Oh. <laughs> He's still alive and well. Um, all right, so you guys just competed in your first USAPO meet. Um, I want you guys to tell me how you felt that it was competing, because Grace, you competed in a different federation, and Danielle, you competed in a different federation. So I want to hear what you guys have to say about competing in the USAPL compared to where you competed before. Go ahead, Grace. Um, I think the most stressful thing for me, honestly, was um, gear, because I did not anticipate that the gear regulations would be so different, but they were. Um, so I spent a little bit trying to um, make sure that my gear was in order. I ended up spending a little more money than I wanted to to get gear that was legal for the USAPL that had been legal for the USPA. So I actually didn't get to use a ton of the stuff that I'd used before. Also, the weight classes are different for the USAPL and the USPA, oddly enough. So I was in the 48 kg weight class in my last meet, but I don't fit into the 47. 
Um, so I could have comfortably fit within the 48 this time, but you know, that one kilo wasn't very easy to shed. So I ended up competing in the 52s for this one, which didn't really matter because I'm not at the point where I'm trying to make nationals anyhow. Um, but it was still, it was still a difference that I was conscious of. Also, there's the deadlift bar in the USPA. There's no deadlift bar in the USAPL. I was doing a different deadlift form than I had before I switched from conventional to sumo. Um, So that was a little bit different, but um, I did find that this meet experience was a lot more smooth and a lot more comfortable for me personally. And I don't think it had a ton to do with the Federation, but just had to do with the fact that I had, um, you know, Team PPS supporting me the whole way and making sure that I didn't need to worry about anything. So that was really great. What about you, Danielle? Uh, so to compare the meet that I did a few weeks ago now uh, to the last time I competed, it's kind of rough. Like the last time I competed was well over a year ago, maybe even a year and a half ago. It was with RPS, which is a lot uh, less strict about um, you know depth and things in general. Uh, I'm, I'm a completely different person now, I feel like, uh, in terms of being a lifter. I feel like I'm a lot more focused. Like, Kevin has so much to do with that. Um, training with him up until that meet, uh, it helped me get into a mental space where I took my lifting a lot more seriously. So this meet felt like it actually meant something, as opposed to ones I did before, which were more like these little checkpoints that I'd have on a, on my lifting path just for the sake of like having data inputs. This one actually like mattered to me. So uh, it being USAPL, um, I don't know if that's really what made the difference so much as like everything that had changed in my life up until that point. But I can say that compared to the other meets that I've done, this one uh, had a different crowd, really different vibe. Um, people seemed like they were taking it seriously and they weren't there just to have fun, even though everyone was having fun and everyone was really nice. Um, it was like seeing a lot of like athletes that were there to like really get some shit done. And that was super cool. Um, and then, like Grace said, like this meet, we had this like crew that made me feel like I was like in a NASCAR race or something. They were just like hovering, like changing weights for me, like telling me what to do, where to be, uh, and that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Kina, this was your first ever meet, so you don't have anything to compare it to. But I want to, I want to hear how it felt to compete for the first time in the sport of powerlifting. Oh yeah. Um, well, overall. It was, it was an amazing experience, but let me just start by saying that um, I, I never even thought I would be competing, ever. Even when I started training uh, in powerlifting and even after you started coaching me, I never even imagined myself competing. And it was for one of the main reasons, as you remember, it was wearing a damn freaking singlet. I don't know who came up with this rule of wearing a singlet. It is the dumbest thing ever, and I think everybody hated it, so. I hated that fact that I would have to wear it, and um, I was fighting it all the way until you told me, I won't coach you if you don't compete, because you said that, so then I got scared, and uh, I was almost like pressured into this meet, but I totally enjoyed it, and uh, holy help of your team, I never imagined um, I would have so much support from people that are actually getting to meet me on the first, this was like first time ever for me meeting them in real life, and uh, talking to them, and they showed so much love and support, and um, it was, I I felt completely blessed, and it was a a great, great, great experience. I absolutely loved it, and I think I might do another one. 
All right, I, I like the sound of that. I mean, you already got the singlet. You already wore it once. <laughs> the singlet ever... thing, though, that's real. Like, um, at meets, one of the best things about being at a meet where there's so many other females in their singlet, it's like, it's a really body positive environment. And like, as someone that avoided being present in the gym because I, I come from a background with like some pretty serious body image issues. So one of the best things about powerlifting is that it helps you move past that because it's about strength, it's not just about aesthetics. So absolutely, the single thing, absolutely. it sounds trivial, but like that's a legitimate concern. Um, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we'll definitely make sure you do another one, Kina, if, even if I have to threaten you again. Kina looked great oh, okay. in her singlet, by the way. She looked and fucking awesome. She looked regal. <laughs> I mean, Kina, at, at her first meet, she's squatting 270. What did you bench? Um, 125, I think. 125 and deadlifted, what, 290? Yeah, something like that. In the 72 kilogram class. That's a pretty good first meet, man. Yeah, I really wanted to be in the 63 kilo, but I know I messed up on this one, huh? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I literally, I waited till the like, last three weeks to start like looking at what I was weighing at, the, at that point. I was... Oh my god! And then I literally got pressured into like, oh my god! Like, I I really was planning on going into seventy two kilo. I'm way above it. So I'm sorry, I messed up. I lost like what twenty pounds in three weeks, but I didn't yeah. listen to you. I'm such an asshole. <laughs> Oops. But I think that goes back and like you know there are more females getting into this sport, and when you start putting the weight classes on, you know. You start looking at those numbers, it's like, you know, there are a lot of times where a lot of the female lifters I have just aren't comfortable being in a certain weight class, and it, it becomes discouraging at times, so, you know. Yeah. That was the one thing that is definitely different about this meet, actually, now that you mention it. Um, because Kevin wanted me to go into the weight class in which I competed, just barely. And, uh, like, it had been a really long time since I cared about any number on a scale or uh, like my weight at all for whatever reason. I always competed at whatever weight I was when I weighed in that day. Um, and it was really interesting to be cognizant, like very cognizant and to be reporting to someone about that and to not feel judged. It was just like this like factor that you were playing with as opposed to this thing that measured your worth as a person. So really quick, like just talking about weight classes, I don't believe anybody. So like Grace, how she said she wasn't, she didn't have a qualifying total for nationals. So just step on the scale and lift. Danielle, on the other hand, has a qualifying total for nationals in the gym, but she has that qualifying total in the 63. She's not filling out the 72 kilogram weight class. So it was on her to get closer to that weight class before we got there. That didn't happen. So we lost the weight kind of quick, but her goal is to be a little bit more competitive. And that's when it, it matters more to be cutting weight. And I don't know what the fuck you did, man. Like, <laughs> 20 pounds in three weeks is just crazy. Uh, well, I did it. And I, I'll be honest with you. I hate the, the fact that um, obviously I lost so much strength, but I love I love the way I look. So I guess this one will do for now. Yeah. You know, it's all good, man. And like, <laughs> if you think about it, like you lost 20 pounds in three weeks and still squatted 270. Like if you didn't lose all that weight, you're probably pushing... 300 plus pounds on that squat. Which I was really looking forward to, you know, if I wasn't cutting weight. I really, I really was certain because I think like a few weeks prior to that when my fatigue was so high and I was in my full-blown heavyweight ass, I was squatting 265 for doubles, like, and it was easy. It was like butter. And, but then I messed up. I'm sorry. I, I apologize like 30 times, man. <laughs> 
you know what? It's all a learning experience, and that's what a first meet. Like that's what these local meets are for. That's what these first meets are for. That's why, as a beginner, you should compete a little bit more than once or twice a year. You should get on the platform and get used to it, so that you can get these kinks out and just. Competing is as much a skill as brute strength, and you need to learn how to compete. And part okay. of it is making sure we bring the right equipment to a meet. Yeah. Making sure that... <laughs> no! I thought the socks were just a fashion thing. I didn't know, like, you needed to wear the tall socks. Yeah, you gotta read the rule book. Right. Whoa. But to compete right. as a skill, you need to make sure you bring equipment. You need to make sure you make weight. You need to be sure you're doing the lifts within the rules with judges watching, with everybody watching, being uncomfortable in a singlet, all those things. And, you know, that's what that first meet is for. That's what that second meet is for. That's what that third meet is for. Um, so since this was your first USAPL meet, it was your first meet with me, all three of you, mm-hmm. um, were you nervous? Explain to me where you were feeling that day, Grace. This question's got you written all oh my over God. it. Oh, man. I was... Okay, so I had... We were... Okay. That was bad. Um, I live in Brookline, which is far from Malden, where we train, and also far from... Was it East Longmeadow, where the competition was? So I left my place at 4.30 to take an Uber to Somerville, where Danielle lives, so that we could make the two-hour drive to um, East Longmeadow to weigh in. And um, so I was exhausted and Danielle was trying to sweat off the last couple. I was just trying to make sure I stayed under. Yeah, the so she, she was trying to be warm in so the car. Warm. And it was very, very warm in the car. Um, so that was kind of a weird start to the day. And I was... I, I was too tired to really feel nervous. Like, I was sleepy for a lot of the day. Um, so I think that because I was walking in there a little disoriented, I didn't have the jitters that I would have felt, I think, that if I were more alert for a lot of it. Um, I expected to be a lot more nervous and stressed than I was on the day. It was nice to have handlers so that I knew where to go. I had somebody to tell me when to put my wrist wraps on, how many more minutes there were um, until I was next about to go up, and someone handling my numbers in terms of the weight. So I knew what I was going to lift for the attempts because Kevin had told me about it, but on the day of, I was like, I'm just gonna go on the platform trust that someone's looking at the weight that's on the bar, trust that somebody gave me a number that I can do next, and just go for it. And I think that that kept me a lot more comfortable than if I were to be, you know, monitoring my own numbers, determining what I was going to go do next, and having to check the weight on my bar by myself. Um, So that was really nice. I felt like after after the squats were over, I was pretty relaxed, and I, I was just grooving it. So... It was a great day. I didn't feel stressed. I didn't feel nervous. I didn't feel neurotic. Honestly, I was just kind of tired. But it was good. It's amazing you woke up that early when nine for nine had some PRs and yeah, Grace won, killed won it. your weight class competing against no one else. Yes, that was the best part. <laughs> yeah. Gold medals are the best. <laughs> so Danielle, how are you feeling on meet day? Okay, uh, on meet day. Uh, this so need to be two podcasts. Yeah, geez, yeah. Uh, so we, I had to cut weight to uh, to compete. Like Kevin made it clear that we weren't going to be friends anymore if I didn't weigh, like what was it, like one thirty eight pounds. So a few weeks up until then, um, you know, I tried to get my shit together, and in the end, still had to water cut. Um, but in preparation for trying to get to that point, I uh, entered this like period of sobriety 
that I had never, I hadn't been that sober in like years, years. No, seriously. Uh, I work in the restaurant industry. I'm a delinquent. Like it was definitely life changing to enter that like one month of just like getting my fucking act together like an adult. And so by the time we were at meet day um, and I had miraculously made it to the weight class that I competed in and I was like sober, like no alcohol, like no no weed. Um, I had just been making these like really serious life changes and I, I would joke around with people being like, wow, I feel like really awake and like really happy all the time. And like, this is what really, people really feel like it's it's crazy i went into the meet with that like mindset and it didn't leave any room for me to be nervous i was just so grateful to finally like feel that way after a really long time there had to be some nerves in there because you didn't miss your first squat command i no i wasn't nervous first of all i thought that he told me to squat I wasn't looking at the dude in front of me who, you know, like, was giving me the hand gestures. I just heard, you know, whatever command I thought was the command to squat. I wasn't nervous! Danielle literally <laughs> unracked this bar, stepped back, and squatted that shit on her own terms. Yeah. She wasn't waiting for anybody. No! <laughs> there was no pause. There was no... It was just on her own terms. It's true. Um, um, I wasn't nervous during the meet. Um, a lot of people... Because I'm, I'm generally very, like jovial and like full of laughter and mirth at the gym and in life and at the at the meet i was just like in the zone people were like are you okay like you look like you're you don't feel happy and i'm like no i feel great i'm just like really focused so at that point uh kevin had prepared me like i i think one of the best things about kevin as a coach is that he's able to make you feel prepared like by the time you get to the meet you've done all of the work you just have to trust in the process as he likes to say and i was definitely at that point come meet day we had this fantastic team we had nick we had danielle bond we had carrie we had some other friends who were there to support us and like they were doing all of the thinking for us so kind of like grace said you just kind of you get there you trust the people around you we were very fortunate to have people helping us out and you trust that you have this like fucking kick-ass coach who's prepared you for weeks and weeks and then you just do your best. And that's what happened. And like for Danielle, because she was so overweight, the um, leading up to the meet, I had this moment of uh, time where I was actually talking to Nick, one of our other lifters. And I was like, you know, in my head, do I just have her step on the scale and crush her gym numbers? Or do I teach her a lesson? Do I have her cut the five pounds overnight and then we see what happens come meet day? Because if she wants to be competitive, she has to get in the 63s, cutting weight becomes a part of the process. So learning how to do that, I, I feel is very important. Um, but I decided that there was more to be learned from not going nine for nine in this case um, than going nine for nine. So I gave her the tools to cut the weight overnight. And surprisingly, the, the squat went really well. You know, yeah, squat was okay. PR on the squat. Oh yeah. But then it started to go downhill really fast. Like the bench press is going to be affected the most by a drastic weight cut like that. And she ended up going two for three, which is 145 or something. Yeah, something. 143 yeah. on the bench. Uh, and then deadlifts, there's just no gas left in the tank. But at the end of the day, we learned what we need to change, how we need to get our nutrition in line. How we need to stop smoking so much fucking weed. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's funny because Kevin, uh, like, we got to the deadlifts 
and he like looked me in the eye and he was like either you have to decide right now we were, this is maybe like you're older. yeah he was like you have to decide right now it was very dramatic like are oh, you going to go yeah. are you going to like go 3 for 3 or are you going to try to qualify and i was like dude let's fucking do this like bro <laughs> and i was like yeah like obviously we're going to try to qualify for nationals like i that was really the goal is to just try my fucking hardest to do that uh, it was a lot more rewarding than like Kevin said hitting 9 for 9 would have been what about you Kina how nervous were you oh my god <laughs> I, I was nervous all the way through I think I registered for this meet I was, I'm sorry I'm going to back up I was forced to register for this meet in like October like I think end of October and like ever since then I was nervous all the way up until that morning because I remember I didn't even sleep that night because I was that nervous and like going into the meet like exhausted and hungry it just it wasn't fun but when I arrived there and when I saw all of you guys it was like an immediate relief that everything was going to be okay so I got way more calm than what I anticipated I was going to be. And I think it's, and I can't stop saying this enough, I think it's due to the team support, that's one, and this huge powerlifting community that came out to support all the lifters that day. And um, it makes you feel energized and it makes you appreciate, you know, the the entire event. So it actually went really well for me. Like I said, um, I... I actually was surprised by myself. I impressed myself that day that I wasn't as nervous and I didn't have a panic attack or a stroke there. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the first meet, I think all of us felt like that at the first meet. Like, yeah. Nervous, not knowing what to expect. My first meet, um, I did it, like, solo pretty much, so it anything after that would have been an improvement. <laughs> At my first meet, I took my deadlift for four attempts because they loaded my bar wrong. And for all of my squat attempts, they've loaded my bar wrong. So there's really really bad things that could happen at your meet for <laughs> considering that nothing went wrong like that you're all good <laughs> all right so we're gonna wrap this up with one last question here um, what are your long-term goals in this sport you know i think it'll be cool to look at where you are now and where, where you want to be and then you know we can look back on this podcast and be like oh damn oh, i undershot this one. oh my god technology <laughs> Um, So I remember when I was chatting with you, with Kevin, about signing up for this meet, he asked me what my goals were. He's like, are you just going to have fun or would you, are you looking to, are you looking for world domination? Those those are the literal words he used. Um, I, I mean, I think I was like ideally both. Um, I know that I'm a long ways away from qualifying for nationals and I don't, you know, for a second think that I'm going to do great at nationals ever, but I would like to one day get to the numbers where I can, um, probably will involve cutting a bunch of weight, which isn't it down to the 52s, down to the 52s and I'm all buff and full of muscle. I'm like five two and 48 kilograms as of like this morning. So, not a big person, but I'm looking forward to getting stronger and continuing continuing to compete and just trying to make those numbers to make nationals and maybe one day doing it. And that would be nice, but, you know, I also recognize that I have a very stressful job and that life gets in the way, so I'm just going to do my best. Hmm. Long term, it's hard for me to think long term in general. 
But for powerlifting, um, I definitely want to qualify for nationals. That is like a, a pretty easy, like concrete goal. But as a lifter, um, like for me, powerlifting is the way that I measure my healthiness, like my mental health, um, like where I am in my life. I want to be like really, really fucking strong uh, as a powerlifter because I know that for me to be that, I have to have like my life in check. Um, I want to be able to say like without a doubt that I am doing everything that I need to in order to be as strong as possible. So kind of like what I said before uh, leading up to the meet, like I made a lot of serious life changes that I just didn't have the motivation to really make. And now that I have this meet uh, under my belt, like my goal as a lifter is to just be in that place like all the time, like for the sake of my lifting, but my life in general. Um, and part of it is also that like, I, I really believe in the precision powerlifting team. I think that it's amazing. I love it. Uh, I love Kevin as a coach. And I also want to be strong for the sake of what, what he's building. Like I really support that. Uh, and it feels good to have these things I didn't have before. Yeah, I just want to add to that. I think that I know Danielle is saying I want to get as strong as possible. And I think as women, we're taught to be small and taught to be meek. And um, both Danielle and I have Asian backgrounds. And I think in that setting, you know, we're taught to be quiet and demure and, you know, shrink. I think that's that that's something that our culture really values for women to be small and easily overpowered and that's not something that I've ever valued about my culture it's it's a part of the reason why I moved to America so I think that you know women being strong and Kevin really promoting our strength and being like you don't have any excuses you can't make these these excuses you have to work hard and you can do anything you want to is just a wonderful sentiment to have and it's it's really helped me grow personally as well what about you Kina what are your long-term goals um, long-term goals, um, well, I'm going to join the girls on that. Um, getting stronger is obviously number one. This is the main reason why we all started doing it is because we just want to be badass strong. Um, but getting there um, efficiently and getting there with your lifts being, you know, like you're more confident with your lifts and in your skin, I think that's my long time, long-term goal. And, um, I just want to be able to go anywhere and be able to lift confidently without embarrassment and be strong. That's pretty much what I'm looking for. Kina, you're pretty strong. I mean, all three of you guys, like, like you know, this, the one good thing about powerlifting is if you stick with it long enough and you put forth the effort in and out of the gym to be competitive in it, you 100% will qualify for nationals. You can do well at that level. Of course, there's gonna be genetic freaks. Those are the ones breaking world records. But if you look at the people at the top of the weight classes, they're all older. They've been doing this for a long period of time. They've remained healthy. Uh, so, you know, there I've coached athletes in the past that have a lot of genetic capabilities to do great things in this sport that never did great things in this sport because they didn't have that same dedication to training and to life outside the gym to put forth their best efforts on meet day. So it's not necessarily the world's strongest people that you see on the platform. It's the, you know, really strong people who've been training for a long period of time who do everything right and they they keep doing it right and eventually you guys will get get to where you want to be. Um, Yay! Yay! 
so we'll we'll wrap things up there. Um, we'll have you guys say a quick little bye with some closing thoughts. Ooh, do you have a tagline? Um, Can we scream your tagline? Can we ring the gong? <gasps> I, I do have a gong. Um, I do have a tagline, but I'm not gonna say it till the end. Oh. Alyssa knows what it is. Oh shit. Okay. Um, but go ahead. Some closing thoughts, Grace. Um, I had a lot of fun. I want to do it again. I'm pumped to get back. Or I've been... Kevin's been saying that he's going to load the volume on starting my next block. This block has been pretty chill, and I've enjoyed it, and I'm just getting back into the groove of things, but I'm pumped to start getting my ass kicked because I'm a little bit of a masochist. So, yeah, that's my closing thought. I'm pumped. It's going to be awesome. April, maybe, right? April, hopefully. I have a number of uh, professional conferences in that month, but I think I can make it happen. Ah, closing thoughts? Hmm. Well, in terms of meets, I, I'm looking forward to competing in April, and that is astonishing. I'm like the least competitive competitive lifter. For now. For now, for now. But um, yeah, like that meet changed my life. It changed my mindset. If there's anything that proves that Kevin is an effective coach, it's that he made me actually care about competing. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to now taking what I've learned from the meet and applying it, improving, and seeing where that brings us in April. And of course, like having a ton of fun along the way because it's really fun lifting with uh, Kevin and the PPS crew. Kina, yeah. some closing thoughts. Yeah, um, I'm actually more pumped now than I was before <laughs> about um, continuing with the training uh, with Kevin only because I feel like this past, um, what, like four or six months that I've been under your coaching wings, um, I've, I've actually grown up to be the person that I am now, the person that actually competed recently, and um, I feel there's so much more to come, and so I'm just super excited, you know, to uh, to get myself there with you, with your help. Awesome. Um, all right, we're going to wrap things up. You can find me on Instagram, KWCAN. Follow our team, Precision Powerlifting Systems. Uh, Grace posts a lot of pictures on Instagram of her cats. You can follow her at G Chang. G Chang underscore. G Chang underscore. My cat's cute. And you gotta follow Emo Danielle because every time that she posts her lifts on Instagram, there are 17 paragraphs about her feelings. Yeah, and there's a lot of emojis. <laughs> and that's how she got the nickname Emo Danielle. That's one of the ways um, I got them. <laughs> yeah. One of the ways. And Kina, we love your Instagram, man. What Thank, is you. It? Thank you. Tofu to, to be you is that is that the uh, it's it's stomach? intentional yeah it's intentional tofu to be because I care for tofu because I I was actually vegetarian for a few years but um it's me being an asshole by saying tough to be you but not saying it so <laughs> <laughs> it's great love it uh, also follow TPS Malden stay strong Boston.